0: This finds you having a blessed day today and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of a topic and uh, it's something that um, I've seen an awful lot uh, over the uh, past little bit but um, had two um, encounters with uh, kind of this idea and topic this past week and I want to start it off with one of my favorite Things that I see in Scripture because I think it teaches us so much. And if you go to the gospel accounts, and I say this to our church all the time, um, that if you go and you look when Jesus was sailing to a new place every single time, that Jesus arrives on the shore, it says, and he's looked upon the people, and in some form or fact, he had compassion upon them. Every single time that you see that, um, in some form or fashion, it will say that Jesus had compassion upon the people. And, and I think that is such an important important thing for us because if you if you look at it, Most of the people that Jesus is going to encounter are what would be considered heathen, um, unsaved, Gentiles, and not the people that you would want to really, if you were a Jew, and, and of course a religious Jew, not someone you would want to hang around, not someone that you would really have compassion upon. But Jesus bucked that trend. And he showed that we are to have compassion upon people. And I say all of that and and share that because I, I don't know that we fully understand that. I think we've been so inundated with the love of God that we forget what encompasses love. Gentleness, kindness, compassion. And what we do is we just kind of flippantly throw around this love idea without all of the qualifications of it. So I'm going to give you two examples that I encountered this past week and elaborate on what I mean by that. I had uh, this lady share... Um she's had a very difficult um, difficult year last year um, last year she lost both of her parents and um, within a, a short period of time and she's had a very difficult time with that uh, she was very close to her parents and you know she would have she would have good days and bad days as anybody um, and she shared that she was sitting down and she had um, was having a conversation with someone. And in that conversation, they were talking and she said, you know, yeah, it's been a very difficult year for me. You know, I've lost my mother and father and it's been very trying and very challenging and, you know, very heartbreaking. And really before she could even kind of finish her thought, the person she was talking to said, well, yeah, I've, I've lost both of my parents, and uh, I've lost my son, and losing my son was the worst thing ever. And this lady said, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I, and I know that's got to be very difficult. But she said, in my heart, I was wanting to say, why do you, why do you feel like you have to one-up me? why didn't you just listen to what I was saying and be able to have compassion? And I'm going to get back to that in just a minute. And then the second one I have was a room full of pastors that I was in this week. I was sitting in a room full of pastors. I guess there was probably about uh, 18, 18, 20 of us. And um, when we were sitting in there, we had decided to open up the meeting with prayer, so we just kind of went around the room and were praying. And a lot of the men, you know, started praying, and they said, you know, Lord, we uh, we thank you for the day, and, and Lord, I just pray that, you know, there's probably a lot of men in here who are struggling with some different uh, things going on in their personal lives or in their church, and Lord, we pray that you would strengthen them. Others prayed, you know, said, Lord, we've got some spiritual battles going on, and pray for you know, your wisdom and protection and your guidance and, you know, things of that nature. And to a point, very similar prayers as you went around the room. and You get to this one guy after everybody's done praying and we began kind of talking about some stuff. And this guy just kind of, this other pastor just kind of speaks up and says, you know, as I was listening to you all pray, It really bothered me. He said, because every one of you all are living in a spirit of defeatism. And all you're doing is praying for God to protect you and God to bless you and God to help you through these trials and struggles. You know, sometimes what we need to do is we just need to step up and have better leadership. And then he goes on to declare how Uh, he took on this church that was uh, his first sermon, only had six people in it. And after four years, they're running about 50 a Sunday morning. And so he went on to, you know, elaborate on how wonderful his leadership is. So I give you those two examples to say this. I think one of the most important things that we have and that we can learn from Jesus, when Jesus had compassion upon the people, compassion, one of the ways that we're able to see compassion is that we listen. And we listen without the need to respond. If there is ever... A difficult um, a difficult thing to do today is to communicate to people. Because when we look at communication today, and, and this is mostly based off of where we're at and what social... I guess you could say this is a downfall of what social media has done to us. Social media does not allow us um, the privilege to just kind of say something Um, because the moment you put something on social media there's there's usually always somebody who has to respond to it now most of us want that but when it comes to a normal conversation and you're sharing something with someone very rarely do i think that i'm sharing something with you especially something personal something very personal I'm not necessarily sharing with you my emotions because I want you to respond. I'm sharing my emotions because I want you to relate. See, what we need to do is we need to be able to listen to relate to people rather than listening to respond to people. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus related with people. And the only way you can relate to people is you have to be able to listen and let it affect you. But see, what happens is we don't want to listen to others to be affected by them because we don't like being affected. We listen to respond because what we want to do is we want to show people that we've got it worse or that this one's got it worse or, you know, that we're better, we're bigger, we're stronger. So I'm going to go back to these two examples. We go to this lady who is talking about the fact that she's lost both of her parents You may rightly have lost parents and even a child. And that is horrendous. I'm not knocking that in any way. But what is wrong with being able to just sit down when someone is crying and they open up and they share, you know what, I've lost both of my parents this last year and it's been a very challenging year for me. Wow, I, I, I'm sure that that has been a very challenging time for you. I can't imagine how, how difficult that, that is. And uh, what are some of the things that you're, that you're doing to be able to help you cope with that? What are some of the things that, that you're, how are you seeing God move in your life? How are you seeing God in the midst of these dark times? Now, what I just, you could say, well, now you just responded. Okay, but but listen, I'm trying to relate to the person. See, by asking those questions, I'm not making it about me. I'm relating to them. See, part of the reason why we listen to respond is because we're so self-centered that we can't let someone else have the limelight. So what we have to do is we have to be able to respond in a way that makes our situation worse, bigger, better, My child's better than yours, and uh, my situation's worse than yours, and um, you only had stage three cancer. I had stage four and a half, Uh, and I don't say that flippantly. What I'm saying is there's people that are like that, and there's way too many people that are like that, and so what what we've done is we're negating people's feelings because when someone says, hey, this is where I'm at, and this is what's going on in my life, and we're looking at it and saying, well, yeah, but. Well, no, What you're doing is you're, you're discounting their emotions. You're discounting their feelings. You're discrediting what they're doing and what they're saying because you don't like the fact that the limelight's not on you. And that's the kind of society and culture that we've created. We don't have people that listen to relate to other people. We have people that listen to respond in order to be able to make the situations about them. Jesus never did that. Jesus related to people. Jesus made sure when he listened to people, he had compassion on them and he related to them. Because what happens when we relate to people, we build relationships with people. Which is the essence of who we are and and what we need to be doing. We as people were created for relationship. You can't have relationship with people if all you're doing is constantly trying to one-up them. Nobody wants to hang around you. You're the hole that everybody wants to avoid. But you want to hang around the people that have compassion. You want to hang around the people who show you that they care, that have gentleness, that have kindness. Just like this pastor here. This this pastor had no idea whether those men that were praying that were going through spiritual warfare, spiritual battles, or what. He had no idea what was going on in their lives. What he was doing is he was judging them based off of prayer that they prayed. And he judged them wrongly. And he used that as a platform to elevate himself to try to show how awesome he is. Now, you know what? I could have one-upped him. I could have looked at him and said, you know what? You think you're good? I planted a church in a town where nobody thought a church could succeed. We started with six our first Sunday morning. And guess what? We were running 90 by the third year. And we went on our first foreign mission trip by year four. And that is truth. And I could have one-upped him, but what would it have proved? what would it have proved to be able to sit down and try to throw out all of this information to try to make somebody else feel insignificant, to try to make somebody else feel like what they're feeling is, is, is not near as important as me? We're not willing to allow people to hurt anymore. We're not willing to let people be broken. Johnny Hunt had a great statement that I, I, I've kind of clung to for years and used in my pastoral ministry. He said, don't take away people's suffering. But but I'll, I'll take that and stretch it. Don't avoid people's suffering. See, with what Johnny Hunt said, what we like to do, especially as pastors, when we see people suffering, what we like to do is we like to try to come in and we like to save the day because we don't like to see people hurt. We don't like to see people cry. You know, just like we had a lady in our church, she made the comment, she said, kind of my new motto that I want to let people know is it's okay to not be okay. She said, because every time that I have something kind of going on and I'm struggling or I'm, 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 I'm dealing with some things, people always come up to you and say, hey, it's going to be okay. And she said, you know what? Sometimes it's not. And she's right. Sometimes it's not okay. Sometimes it's not a good day. Sometimes it's very difficult. And you can't take that away from people because the trial, the difficult times are where we see Jesus most in our lives. And what we want to do because we don't like seeing people hurt because guess what? That makes us vulnerable. That makes us have to try to relate to people. And we don't like that because we don't know how to relate to people anymore. We know how to respond to people, but we don't know how to relate to people. We think relating to people is comparisons, and it's not. Jesus never walked up to somebody whenever they were struggling with something and said something. and said, well, boy, I tell you, you try being the son of God. Whew, that is hard. Walking around and everybody wanting you to heal them all the time. And everybody wanting you to pray for them all the time. and Man, you don't even get a moment's peace to yourself. I mean, th- think about that. I know that's that's kind of stupid and outlandish, but I mean, seriously... Do you think Jesus would have walked around and looked at looked at Peter one day and said, Peter, you know, you think you've got it hard. Try being me. Woo. You know, I am, you know, being the son of God is taxing. You never saw anything like that. Because Jesus never walked around trying to compare himself to people. Jesus was comfortable in his own skin, which is the point that we're getting to. The reason why people don't, why people listen to respond is because people aren't comfortable with who they are and in who they are. So what they have to do is they have to make sure that they build themselves up. They have to make sure that they, they put out all of this information that shows you how wonderful and awesome they are. Why do you have to lead with that? Because you're insecure. You're not comfortable with who you are. That pastor sitting in that room is completely insecure in himself. Because no other pastor in that room had to sit down and try to to tout how awesome their ministry was or how how hard they worked or how great their leadership was and all that kind of stuff. You know why? Because they were comfortable in their own skin. That guy though? No. He was insecure. And he had to put other people down in order to make himself look and feel better. What he didn't realize though is it made him look like a complete idiot. This person who had to make sure that she verified that she not only lost her parents, but she also lost a child too. She was showing that she's still struggling. She's never allowed herself to be vulnerable and relate with someone else. What she's doing is she's using her situation to gain sympathy from other people. Because she's never allowed herself to deal with the hurt and the pain and the brokenness. So instead of being able to sit down and relate to someone, you could could even have changed that situation to this. Here's the scenario again. You know what? I've lost both of my parents this past year. And man, it's been so difficult for me. You know what? I am so sorry to hear that. But I can tell you, I know a little bit about where you're at. I lost my parents a few years ago too. And you know what? I've been walking on that journey myself. How have you been dealing with it? Do you see the difference? Instead of using your situation in order to gain sympathy or one-up somebody, you're using your situation to relate to someone. But we don't like to relate to other people because then that means we're all equal, we're all on the same playing field, and that nobody's able to win. Nobody's able to get more sympathy. Nobody's able to have a a, a, a worse situation. But why do we feel that way? Why do we feel like we've got to make sure that we're always Winning, or we're always making sure our situation is worse than someone else's. Or when we talk, we got to make sure that you know somebody—they travel to Antarctica. Well, guess what? I've traveled to to four different continents. I mean, why is that? Because what's happened, and especially with social media, everything we do. Everything we do, if we're honest with ourselves, and and, and some of us have a tough time being honest with ourselves, is we do it for the like. I'm just going to, if you use social media, how often do you put something on social media just for the sake of putting it on social media? You don't. You go back And you look at it to see if it's been liked, if it's been shared, if it's been retweeted. Why? Because you feel the need for that approval. You put that selfie on there because you want everybody to tell you how beautiful you are. You don't put that selfie on there for any other reason except for the fact you want someone to tell you how beautiful you are or how handsome you are or how fit you look or whatever. We don't do anything anymore for the simple sake of doing it. We do everything we do for approval. And what that does is that creates a lifestyle of not allowing us to relate to other people because we need the approval. So we can't give approval to other people. <clears throat> so when we see someone hurting, we can't give approval to that and say, you know what, it's okay to hurt. We have to come in and say, my hurt's worse, my hurt's bigger, my hurt is is so much more significant than yours. Because we can't stand to see others being able to get more than us. So going back to how we started, Jesus arrives from the boat onto the the shore, and he saw the people and he had compassion on them. How do you think your day would be different if when you went to work, rather than being judgmental of your coworkers, you had compassion on them. But 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 Pastor, you don't understand. These people make horrible decisions. Guess what? So do you. So do you. But but these people, so do you. There may be different consequences but you make just as bad of decisions as they do. You make just as self-centered decisions as they do. But what we like to do is we like to look at people that we know or think that we are better than, and we like to be able to put them down in order to cause ourselves to have more approval rather than looking at them and saying, you know what, I wonder what caused them to be in the state they're in. And I want to have compassion on them. Well, you know, they made these bad, bad decisions, so they made their bed. Yeah, they, 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 they did. That doesn't mean you still don't have to have compassion for them. See, one of the things, addicts, I think, are one of the things that's, that falls into this category so much. So many people, whenever they see someone who's struggling with addiction, they're like, Well, yeah, you know, they made that choice. and, and uh, Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you should look at them with no compassion. That doesn't mean that you should look at them and be judgmental. What that means is that we need to be able to see people the way Jesus sees them. We need to listen to people the way Jesus listened to them. We need to listen to people to relate to them. Rather than listening to people to respond to them. And that means you got to be open. That means you got to be vulnerable. That means you got to spend more time listening and less time talking. That means you don't turn the, 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 the conversation towards you. You listen to them and you let them talk. You show kindness and gentleness. Even if they did make a stupid decision, you still show kindness and gentleness. Because as I tell our church congregation, y'all are all one decision away from stupid. We all are. So there's no point in me being judgmental towards somebody who I look at, boy, that was a stupid decision. I'm not far away from it. But see, that's also the last thing I want us to make sure of. Charles Spurgeon visited death row and there were some reporters that were outside waiting to talk to him after he got done and when he come back out after visiting death row. One of the reporters asked him, they said, Pastor Spurgeon, what did you learn from your time visiting death row? He said, apart from the grace of God, there go I. See, one of the things that we got to understand is we've got to get over our own holiness. Too many of us think that because we're saved that exempts us from making stupid decisions or that we would never do that i would never commit adultery i'd never murder someone i'd never steal i'd never do those kind of things are you sure see all of us are very close to making bad decisions on a regular basis and a lot of these people have been, they're in situations that have caused them to make decisions, and unfortunately, they've chose the bad ones. That doesn't mean they're horrible people. What it means is they've made a bad choice, and they're suffering the consequences for it. And they're more likely to be able to get out from underneath all of the weights and pressures that's on them if they have someone who's willing to be kind and show them compassion and gentleness and be able to try to relate to them and help them get out of it than they are for someone to keep packing weights on top of it, being judgmental and weighing them down. What we've got to do is we've got to be able to come alongside people, to be a Barnabas, to encourage them. To be able to show them kindness and love and gentleness and compassion. And you can only do that when you listen to relate to someone. Is it hard? Yeah. It's hard to be able to sit there and sit in brokenness with somebody. I'm a fixer. I want to fix people's brokenness. I hate seeing people hurt. But I've also realized I can't fix their brokenness. I can point them to the one who can But I can't. But I can walk with you through it to try to to be an encouragement. And so that's what I encourage you to do today is to really look at your own self and, and start asking, do I listen to respond to people or do I listen to relate to people? You know what you might want to do? Find someone who will be brutally honest with you and ask them hey, I need to ask you this question and I need you to be 100% honest with me and it's not going to hurt my feelings. Do you think when, I, when, when someone shares something with me, do I listen to relate or do I listen to respond? And to be able to begin that process of starting to show more compassion, show more gentleness and Kindness. To not try to make sure your situation is bigger, badder, worse, whatever it may be. To not try to always lead with how awesome you are. But to be able to just live the day that God has given you to the best of your ability, showing kindness and compassion to those that are broken and hurting around you. Because you know what? You want someone to show you kindness, compassion, and gentleness when you're broken. So it goes back to the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If we want people to show kindness and gentleness to us, we've got to show it to them. Well, what if I keep showing it to them and nobody shows it back to me? Well, that's usually what happens. Usually when you start showing it to other people, you're not going to get it back. You're not going to get a lot of people showing it back. But you know what? I'd rather be known for being kind and gentle and compassionate than being someone who's obnoxious. Someone who nobody wants to hang around because all you do is focus on you. So I pray this has challenged you to be able to kind of look at how we we do things. How we relate and respond to people and what the example was that Jesus showed us and how that that's how we're supposed to see people and and hear people and that you actually put some legs on it today and this week and being able to try to make sure this is something that kind of allows you to grow and and, and it's going to be a process but it'll be one worthwhile. So we look forward to seeing you next week as we continue to dive into different topics and being able to try to grow together. Pray you have a wonderful day.